Ryder Nation and William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. That's the Johnny McKegg band with Here We Go. We are the Piffles Podcast, and I have uh, Laffy and Daffy with me this week here on the show. We are your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast, the Piffles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. I got tears in my Laffy. eyes. Laffy. I'm Laffy. So oh, Laffy. and I got tears in my eyes. And you're Daffy, too. Oh, all right. <laughs> That's Greg, by the way. Uh, we're on Twitter. Give us a follow at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can find me at Safabod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. Hey, uh, Steve, you're over the uh, Winnipeg now? I Mostly. Mostly. You still kind of look like Alex. That's I don't know if that has anything from the Winnipeg. Yeah, that, that, that's, 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 just, that's, that's just waking up in the morning. Oh, okay. Resting hell face. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check us out on Instagram, search PifflesPod. And the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes. We're also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network, and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We have uh, a a fun game to recap, which is going to bring out a rant. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We got uh, a retirement to talk about and a whole bunch of other stuff. So let's get right into it. Time for the opening kickoff. So let's start with the Riders' 27-25 win over Montreal. Another sprinkle of Jesus. Another game-winning drive. His third of the year for Cody Fajardo. And another game-winner from Brett Lothar. That's two straight home games. A game-winning field goal. Not quite of the walk-off variety, but pretty close. Riders moving to 8-4, eight to f- eight and four, keeping pace with Winnipeg and Calgary in the West. Guys, what is your first take on that game? My, my first thought in this game is how... Our opponents coming up have to think about what happens when you leave, let the riders stick around in a game. Those that three, the three field goals on those three long drives by Montreal was the difference. The defense holding them, letting the riders stick around, and for the third consecutive home game, the riders pull it out late on a on a late drive by Cody Fajardo, who him and and Lothar have absolute ice in their veins. And you got to give them all of the credit in the world for that is they they hung around. Like I kind of pointed out I think I tweeted out during the game that Montreal was doing their best Edmonton impression. Like they were taking field goals when they needed to start scoring touchdowns. And that allowed the Riders to hang in till the very end. But you gotta give the Riders defense props for forcing that because that's not just a an offensive issue too. That's a defensive uh that's a good defensive team there, holding them to field goals. And the CFL, that's if you can hold the team to field goals, you have a chance to win at the end of the night, and that's exactly what happened. My immediate take of this game, I was tired of seeing Steve's face all over <laughs> social oh, media, all over TSN, all over the fan of the game. Well, Dylan, your son, was the fan of Absolutely. the game, not you. But unfortunately, they had to talk to you for some reason. I don't know why. Congratulations, by the way. That's pretty cool. Hope you better be giving that gift card all to Dylan. 
Oh, he's getting some for sure. <laughs> so that was cool seeing you up on there. Congratulations, Steve. That was pretty cool. Just going to constantly remind you guys I was a fan of the game once. It's, it's been a good week for the CFPN family with Andrew and his yeah. uh, Athabasca University from the Eskimo Empire there. That was pretty cool, too. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Check that out. Uh, the CFL Twitter account tweeted that out, so you can check that out on Twitter. When we talk about the Riders winning games, we'll talk to about a couple specific things in a second, but... Just in general, are you worried about this team just barely scraping by in home games? Now that's, you know, a game against Hamilton that came down to the, you know, a Cody Fajardo touchdown run at the end of the game to the very, very last seconds of the game, the Winnipeg game, the Labor Day game. Then there's this one. Like, are you guys worried that we should be beating teams by more than just, you know, two, three points at home? I'm not worried at all. To be honest with you, I, this shows the, the type of team that we've got. We're a team that you let us stick around. And we're going to walk out of there with the W. And you got to look at the teams they're doing that to. It's not like they're doing that against BC or Toronto. It's Hamilton, the best team in the East. It's Winnipeg, the best team in the CFL right now. And then it's Montreal, who's been playing really, really good. They came on a, uh, on a tear after the uh, God-shortened game in Montreal against <laughs> us. Hashtag asterisk. It was nice to see a full game between these two. So I guess we know exactly what happened in uh, in Montreal then. I, I can bet a bunch of Montreal fans <laughs> were praying for uh, a rainstorm when they saw Montreal was up in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, they need, they need a quarterback who knows how to get that little sprinkle of Jesus to, to bring the lightning. How good, though, is uh, Vernon Adams, though? God, I love watching him play, and even though he was playing against us the other night. He, he's, he's figured it out in the CFL. He's making a name for himself as a legitimate starting quarterback. He's one of the best, if not the best, mobile quarterback in the in the CFL right now, and an accurate arm. He's going to be a terrifying threat for years to come. Mm-hmm. And it just sucks. He should have had that shot in uh, in Montreal off the hop. But uh, thank you, Cavis, for taking Darian Durant off our hands and screwing <laughs> that up. How about Shaq Evans? Again, the number one receiver on the team, coming up with some huge catches. Got absolutely destroyed on that one where he took a shot in the back and the chest. Got up right away. Lost his mouth guard, I think, on that play, too. I was a little worried after on that hit, but it was good to see him pop up right away. And we got JWL coming next week, so... Or, yeah, after the bye week here, so it's going to be pretty fun. What else can you say about the guy? I mean, we, we ragged on him pretty good last year and through the offseason because of his inability to catch the easy passes. He's making everything look easy now. Love having him around. I can't wait to see him continue to grow. I'm hoping it's in uh, in green and white for a while. I love our receiving core right now. I, I would put them up against pretty much anyone in, the, in this league right now because the talent is there. It's just, you know, we need to be scoring more touchdowns. So. What a shout-out to Montreal's receiving core. Oh, yeah. Quan Bray. He, he had himself big a catches. Made Bounced back after the uh, his desire to fumble that first punt. Twice. Yeah. Twice. He really wanted to give that ball away. Oh, that was... Uh, like, after that, I'm like, don't tell me we're going to lose. Cause I can't believe that ball went right through Buka's arms. How he missed oh. that is beyond me. <laughs> and I was standing right there. That was when I was down on the oh, field. Yeah. I was three feet away, and I'm sitting there. Like, I could have recovered that. Well, meh. I've seen you I play mean, football. We, we, I, I, can, I can fall shot. on a ball easily. <laughs> And it was nice to see Micah Johnson step up, especially with Charleston Hughes being kind of a, a late scratch for the team after they had released their depth chart last week. That was super weird how late that uh, that scratch came. Like, here's the depth chart. Eh, let's change that. We're taking them out. Like, I think they tried to dump it on a, a Friday evening when nobody would see it. 
Well, we saw it. Yeah, that's, that, that's the joy of social media. Everyone sees everything immediately. Raise your hand if your mind went back to last year first before any kind of injury thing. My hands uh, up. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was my first instance. Was, oh, something God. Else was up. Something like, else was up. But with... Uh, considering I had nothing better to do last week, I was at practice, so he didn't do much all all week, so he was banged up. And, I mean, might as well hold him out now instead of risking something and, and keep him fresh for the playoff run. But Micah Johnson, probably his best game all season. There's no probably about it. That was absolutely his best game. He was a, a dominant force. And if you look at the stats last year, I don't know what it is. It wasn't until Labor Day where he really turned on the afterburners. I don't know if he... Charleston Hughes tailed off last Yeah, so I don't know if it's... he just He's like a diesel engine that needs to pick up speed and then then finally hit the top top go, but hopefully he keep can keep it up. Hey, remember when we were wondering why we signed a running back in free agency because we were looking... We were already fine? Man, <laughs> we're really dumb. William Powell. Oh, man. I don't think give him the ball more often. I don't get it. I, I still don't get that, but God, when they give him the ball, he does everything he can, doesn't he? Like he cuts and jukes and stiff arms and leaps over guys. Like he had more touches this game than he had in Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl combined. Yeah. And good things happen when you put the ball in William Powell's hands. Gotta give him the ball fifteen times yeah. at least, especially as we get into colder games. Make him a focal point. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why they're trying to limit limit the reps because they they don't want to put a lot of miles on those tires this until it gets colder. But I'm I'm glad he's on our side because we couldn't stop him. Well, Riders now, like we said, eight and four on the season, six and one at home. So take care of your home games, and if you can be five hundred on the road, you have a good shot at getting first place. And they're right in the thick of things, and it's going to be uh, one hell of a, a race going down to this it schedule is not rider friendly. Like this schedule, this is going to be a tough climb going well, in the playoffs. Three, well, four of their next five are on the road. That includes three straight. And all against West teams minus who am I missing? Minus Toronto. No. They they play yeah. Toronto after the bye, yeah. and then the rest is all against West teams. West play teams. every West team once after that. Yeah, and Edmonton twice. twice. I mean, I I prefer our schedule to Winnipeg's because they're. Uh, there are, what are they, four games against teams above 500 to close out the year? We only have two. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, it's all against West teams, but three of them are Edmonton and BC. Yeah, but two of those, and Edmonton, well, Edmonton right now is a bit, on, a bit of a slide, but they, yeah. they're still a team that can put up points if they're... Who knows how long with, uh, with Trevor Harris out, though, Yeah. and, he, and what his issue is. We're, we're going up against a team that can't find the end zone with a defense that loves to bend but not break. I, I, I like that coming down into the home stretch. Yeah, but I also know how the Riders uh, play to their opponents. <laughs> Been a fan of this team for too long. <laughs> too long. Um, it's going to come down the season where we need both both wins to uh, get first place and we'll get a split. All right, that's the opening kickoff brought to you by Kathy Feshton of Royal LePage, Regina Realty. Check out her Facebook page, Kathy Feshton, Royal LePage. We, uh, one thing we want to do on the show, and we've been doing it lately, is we want to get some questions from listeners involved and everything on social media. Um, so here's the first one. And this is this is a good debate going on right now. Will the CFL have an MOP from the defensive side of the ball this year? And this is coming from uh, Bear, Bear Paw Chris. He's a Eskimos fan. He says, my opinion, it can't be a quarterback this year. And looking at it, it, it won't be a quarterback because none of them have played all season. Well, the only one that has, his yeah. team is 2-10. and ten. It definitely won't be a quarterback. There's no doubt about it. And the only offensive threats have been 
Brandon Banks, who's kind of tailed off, it seems, a little bit, and Andrew Harris, who, if he gets MOP, I'm done with awards. He's like this, He should be disqualified, in my mind. But He should be, and it sounds like a bunch of the voters are already basically saying, ain't going to happen. So. so then does it come to Brandon Banks on offense? Is it Reggie Bagleton, who's really turned it around? But the majority of his stats have been the last four weeks? I, I don't thinking... know who else he can pick. I'm thinking it's Willie Jefferson is the the name that comes to mind as the most likely MOP. He's been a, a beast from day one, and he's only getting better. When's the last time a defensive player won MOP? Solomon Elmi, man. Yeah. He's the only one since, what, 2004? Or, or since then, whatever it is. He's the only defensive player to win MOP. It doesn't happen very often, and it's probably... It should happen this year. It should be Willie Jefferson, but it's not going to be. Can, can I? I hate that. I'm. So, I, I hate that. Like they need to get rid of the MOP and go most outstanding offensive player, most outstanding defensive player. The MOP because they're not, just going to give it to the quarterback that has the best stats. Yeah, nine times out of ten, that's where it goes. But that's really what offensive player is going to go. So and then the and rare is the defensive player even in the in on the short list. It's just the entire most valuable player, most uh, outstanding player arguments. Just you just go around in circles because no one knows how to pick it. Other than hey, he's got fancy stats. Let's give it to him. I'm with you. They need to just split it. But if if there's ever a year where a defensive player has to win it, it's this one. If it doesn't happen, we might as well just pack it in. Was the Mitch Marner contract too much? <laughs> nope. Pay him all the money. Give him all the cap hell in a couple of years. Yep. You know what? About as an individual salary, no, it was fine. But paying, what was it, $40 million to your top four players? That's dumb. Yeah, that's going to give you issues. Okay, and then one more question, but this is this stems from Monday Night Football. The New York Football Jets, J-E-T-S, suck, 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 wore their Hashtag alternate... butt fumble. Anyway. All, <laughs> God bless Mark Sanchez. <laughs> wore their alternate black jerseys. Got me thinking, man, that looks a lot like the Riders jersey. Not quite, but <coughs> very, very similar to the Riders black jerseys back from the early mid 2000s should the riders bring back the black jerseys no i'm gonna give that a big old hell no not even for one game a year not even for one game. I, okay ever. after one after you ever. said that i can't I, I have a compromise I, I have been i said they're straight trash i believe they're straight trash i hated them because the riders are not black however every year now they do that stupid blackout game if you're going to do it, you do it on that night. You shut off lights in the stadium. You have the big entrance. They come up with black jerseys, green numbers. They Co- trip over each other. They wouldn't see each other. So you guys want to compromise. You want to do it once a year. You want to do it never. Mm-hmm. So we will compromise and go with never. Those jerseys are awful. Never do it again. No, we'll do it in the never. game. We, we'll, we'll do it in the game. We play Montreal where it's not a full game. Do you remember? You okay. Do you remember how much more fired up those teams came out wearing their black jerseys and how much better they played? That's... They beat Montreal at home for the first time in like thirty freaking years. Are you wearing those black that's jerseys? Damn that's jerseys. That's that's, that's, no. a, that's the same as arguing clutch is a thing. Clutch is not a thing. It's what you want. It's what you want to believe as a fan exists. No one gets more hyped up in uniforms than anything. If that's the case, we'd lose every game in the retros because we they blew the uh, the Grey Cup twice. Can we compromise on maybe green jerseys, black pants? Because that look back then was sweet. Get rid of the black. There's a reason why they removed black from everything but it's the logo. Fine, one game a year. One game. I will a year. give you one later, a decade later in the season. I'm telling you, the blackout game makes the most sense. If you want to do it, you know what? They'd probably sell a ton of them because apparently I, I'm in the minority. I still think they're trash. However. 
you, you bring them out for one game, people would go nuts on them. Look how Absolutely. many people look how many people bought those double green jerseys. Oh, those Blitz jerseys? Yeah. yeah, those were terrible. Or the red and black jerseys. The black jerseys, way better than both of those. The red and black or the Blitz jerseys. I'll give you the red and black, but the, the double green won't. That was hideous. I, I, sig- all I, the I, no, no, no. jerseys across the league suck. The BC Lions was good except for the, the numbers. The gun metal. The gun metal were nice. The it was incomplete. Winnipeg's were great because they looked like pigeon crap. Winnipeg's looks more like they should be in the Argos jerseys, but I digress. And Edmonton keeps on pulling theirs on. They look like garbage. But the Riders... Signature look was okay. needed some tweaks, but I've already done that once already. So. The double green is still better than the black. We'll pick up this debate again next week on and the Biffles Podcast. And you'll be wrong well, then, too. I will argue more about bringing the black jerseys for one more game. Get Ken Keith in to wear those. Okay, he can wear it. The team can't. He can. All right, let's move on. Steve, CFL Tweet of the Week time. You know, I, I was I was humming and hawing this week. I couldn't find the right tweet to uh, to go out. But one just sang to me today, and it goes out to our good friend, Deron Carter. The first, that's his heart. The first player to second. win Tweet of the Week. Second. second? Richie Leone for... Uh, oh, that's correct. Call, yes, calling that's out right. Mark, uh, calling yeah. out Jeff Act. So the second player to win... You know, we all, we all mocked Andrew Harris over the last few weeks because of his tainted supplements, quotes. His secret stuff. And players have been amongst his most... Uh, what's the best way to describe it? Angry uh, critical. Respo- critical responses, yeah. Deron Carter wins. He goes, I'm about to start my first dose of the strongest steroids I can find. Catch me if you can. Besides, I'll just be out two games. We might as, all, we might as well all do steroids. They can't suspend all of us. P.S. I could really care less just saying I got one game for bumping a coach. And you know what, Deron Carter, you are absolutely right. Two games for steroids is ridiculous. That's awful. You might as well juice up at the beginning of the year, miss a couple games, and be amped up for the rest of the year. But Deron Carter, well said. And enjoy the next five games of straight random drug tests. That's the DC that we need. Mm-hmm. God bless Deron Oh, that's Carter. amazing. I didn't even see that tweet, so that's amazing. And he got his first touchdown of the year last week. That was nice, too. Mm-hmm. Nice play. And he almost alligator armed it, too. He looked like he was yeah, that, reaching to not get hit on that. that yeah, that, that was uh, your standard drawing Carter. I'm just going to run and do this underneath the... Like, sorry, once again, audio. He just puts his two hands out just to catch the ball, like, short arm it. Duran Carter, no matter what happens with your football career, never leave Twitter. You'll always, never, ever leave Twitter. You'll always have a follower in me on, on the old tweet machine. God, afraid. Sorry. God, now I'm singing on the show. Let's quit. It's going to start eating pumpkin pie pretty soon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's about, <laughs> about three weeks. Wait, like one week. We're getting close. It's almost pumpkin pie season, though. It is. It is pumpkin full pie season. Full on. Yeah. No, it's not. Season. 23rd of September. One more week. Time for this week's Underdogs memorabilia Piffles player profile. Greg, you had a chance to speak with uh, one of the newer players on the team this season. Solomon Elmimian. Craig here with Pivots Podcast with uh, Ryder linebacker Solomon Elmimian. How's it going there, Solomon? It's going good. Uh, so, uh, in the green and white, BC for many years. How's it feel? Be basically halfway through the season, going into a bye week and uh, playing for the Riders. Uh, so far, so good. You know, it's um, you know you hear how great it is playing for the Riders and playing in this you know community focused um, organization. But until you've experienced it. Nothing compares. Um, just the, you know, the, the fans been great. The, my teammates been great, and you know we're winning. Anytime you can win with solid uh, group of guys, coaches, organization, um, no regrets. 
speaking about the winning and do you ever look at the standings and look where BC is and look where you are and a little smiling across your face? Um, not really. I mean, you don't really focus on nobody else but yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I know something always comes up because I was there for nine years, but you know what? Just like life, things happen and you move on and you know what? You, you have your focus uh, wherever your feet's at and you work towards your goal and for me, it's playing for the Regina, excuse me, Saskatchewan Rough Riders here in Regina. So, um, you know what? I, I got good friends that play for the, uh, you know, BC Lions and, you know, it is what it is. I moved on and, you know, the fact that we're winning, um, I'm excited about, man, just to be playing meaningful games, during this point of the season, it's very exciting. Um, our Labor Day game, it was nothing like it. You know, I was telling um, come my teammates, for me, it felt like I was playing a, a November game, playoff game, with how much enthusiasm, um, you know, how much was on the line, and, you know, just the whole atmosphere was, was, was unbelievable. Uh, you played your college at the uh, University of Hawaii. Um, obviously, Regina's not Hawaii. T- tell our listeners what it was like, uh, what college is like in uh, Hawaii. Uh, it was great. It was great. You know, what's what not to like? You know, you got school occasionally. Now I'm joking. But, you know, we had a great group of guys. Um, the weather's unbelievable. The beaches. And it's just the Ohana, you know, family, you know, vibe that you get where everything's family based, everything's family oriented. And, you know, being from Los Angeles, being away from my family, it felt like I was embraced to a new family, a new community. And, um, you know, we had really good players. We had really good people, man. And we did a lot of winning. You know, we went to um, a BCS Bowl game um, 2007, my junior year, under Coach June Jones, who actually coached here in the CFL with the Hamilton Ticats. And um, we had an unbelievable um, group of guys. And that's one thing that it's always is, is memorable. You know, it's the wins and losses, but it's the guys that you really cherish when it's 5, 10, 20, 15 years down the line, you can still remember playing with somebody and you consider him a brother and how much he put into the game and how much you put in game for one common goal, and that's the special part. And that's what we had at Hawaii during my, my time there. So last time you were on the Pivots Podcast was uh, CFL Week here, first year they had it. Um, we asked you what was the best chirp you ever heard, and you told us someone from Regina called you the yellow M&M, which kind of lived on in infamy. Uh, any, is, is there a number two, or has anyone topped that one yet? Um, <laughs> I mean, I could talk about other guys, but I don't want to put nobody else's business out there like that. But it's just the fans get so creative where they'll research things about you know your family, your significant other, you know, maybe – just different personal things that you look and you can't help but you know kind of laugh even if it's at your teammate you know you don't laugh loud but you laugh in your mind you might get a little smirk but um for me it's yellow m&m or aluminum and just you know you know just guys getting drunk and just being obnoxious man i kind of find it funny now you know as a young young guy first year to second year i took it personal and i wanted to find that guy in the stands didn't know who he was we just wanted to find him after the game but now it's it's all it's all fun and games man you enjoy it because at the end of the day you know we do you know a large part for the fans you know the fans want to give us the energy the fans are the one that comes out here and they're spending their hard-earned dollars for entertainment so you know what they show us a lot of love and even if it's on a negative side you still got to appreciate it because you know you rather be playing in front of somebody than in front of nobody so we're going to finish off with some rapid fire. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, neither, but I say Pepsi. Neither? Not a, not a uh, soda guy? I don't drink soda. I haven't drank soda in a long time. Um, it just leaves you more thirsty. <laughs> Fair enough. Cookies or cake? Cookies. I don't. I hate cake. You hate cake? I'm, a, I'm more of a pie guy. I love cobblers, oh. like peach cobblers, 
But in terms of like, like an apple crisp, peach crisp oh, type man, thing. Those are delicious. Anything with pies, I love pies. Cake, I just can't do cake. We are hitting pumpkin pie season. Are you a pumpkin pie guy or you no? Sweet potato pie. Ah. Good choice. What about pecan pie? Too too sweet for me. Too sweet for you? That's All the right. only pie. Only pie I don't like is pecan pie. Um if you could go back and have uh, dinner with anyone in history, who would you go? Oh man, um, I'd probably say Christ, and if not Christ, I would say Malcolm X. I just read his autobiography. I thought it was so powerful. The fact that you know he was a criminal, um, you know, one of the worst people, you know, society, and how he reformed, changed his life, and uh, kind of discovered himself. So that's one thing that I kind of admired about him. Nice. Um, uh, first celeb crush? Oh, got to be Serena Williams. I mean, you know, somebody who's athletic, you know, beautiful, and, you know, athletic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the most important question we ask everyone, cats or dogs? Dogs. I think cats are too creepy. Creepy? You know, yeah, they're just weird. You know, they just look at you. They're always mischievous. They always sneak into places they're not supposed to be. Ironically, I did have a cat. Uh, we did have a cat before when I was younger, but I'd definitely say dog. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. I still love talking to him at uh, CFL Week uh, a couple of years ago, and he said the best uh, insult that he ever had hurled at him from a from a fan was calling him Yellow Eminem. I, I don't remember a lot of comments from interviews over the years. That one will always stand out. Don't know what it is about yeah. that, but I thought that was... It was nothing insulting by any means, but it was just one of those things that uh, just sticks in a player's mind. I want to go back to this last game against Montreal for one more reason. Time for this week's Churchill Brewing Company Rant of the Week. And this goes out to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders organization themselves. We talked about last week how they were going to bring in players from the 89 Grey Cup Championship team. Who? I couldn't tell you because they didn't introduce them at all. Thank God for names and numbers. So... I was looking forward to having them come out of the tunnel or, or just coming out and having their names introduced and everybody, the, you know, the 15 guys that were there. Because it wasn't a huge group of players. It was a small amount of players. But they should have all been going numerical order, going alphabetical order. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But here's, you know, number 81, Ray Elgard. Yeah. Give him a standing applause. Here's number 44, Roger Aldag. Here's number 57. Here's number 67. Bob Poley, and just have them come out, maybe have Roger Alday come out last, carrying the Grey Cup or something like that. No. So what they do, they just had them walk out onto the field, play a little produced piece of uh, a Dave Ridgway clip from a, from a documentary that was done a few years ago. And, oh, hey, look, here's the team. Let's take a picture with them holding the Grey Cup. That's it. That's all there was. John Gregory was there, the head coach of the 89 team. And people had, there was people in front of me saying, who is, like, who's all there? They had no idea that John Gregory was there. And I said, that's John Gregory, the head coach of the team. They're like, oh, that, I didn't know he was coming. Well, way to ruin that. Was there, like, was there an autograph signing? No. There was nothing. It was an absolute joke. These guys deserve better than that. Are you going to fly him in or, or have him drive in from wherever to... To come be honored at this game, honor them. I thought it was cool the halftime performance, the little ceremony that they did with the cheerleaders of the 1989 team. I thought that was really cool, bringing those ladies back in for their half a little song that they did, and then just stand in the background the rest of the, the time. But that was pretty cool, and, and doing their their with the cheerleaders and the the dance flow team. That was cool, but it overshadowed what should have been about the 89 team. And I, 
I'm not going to say I was offended by it, but it was an absolute joke. They, they deserve better, the 1989 team. I know they've honored them before. They honored them in 09, and we honored them back in 20, uh, 2014 for the 25th anniversary. And I know they get honored all the time, but at the same time, they're one of four teams to win the Grey Cup for this franchise. They deserve better than that. And the Riders dropped the ball on this, and it pissed me off. Well, if you're going to bring them in, and that's the point. If you're actually going to go with the effort going, hey, we want you to come on the field, we want you to do this. Yeah, you're right. They, if they wanted to do the same setup they had where they came out, they had them all standing around that table while the Grey Cup came out, that's fine. But then you can go, then you announce them, and they wave. Yeah, have them stand in the line. Yeah. And have the cameras go across. And... Yeah, announce who, who was there. Like, no one, unless you knew the numbers or saw the back of the jersey, you had no idea who it was. Did you know Vic Stevenson was there? Yes, yeah, I, saw, I, saw I didn't know that. Yeah. Until after. Yeah. Like, it was wasn't done right. And I think the fact that, oh, we're doing 80s night on this night, the Grey Cup's there, we should probably bring in the Grey Cup team. Who can we get quick and fast? Because that's the way it felt. It felt like it was rushed. And don't get me wrong, enjoyed the music all night, enjoyed the graphics. They, they did a great job. They just dropped the ball with this team. That meant so much of the, uh, supposedly the greatest uh, Grey Cup game of all time. The, the only issue I had with it, other than the lack of introductions, was the fact that that took, what, 90 seconds, maybe two minutes of the halftime, and the and cheerleaders were the other minutes. 10. yeah. Like, I get it, that cheerleader thing was cool, and, you know, welcoming back the 80s cheerleaders, you know, great segue to 89, or 80s as well, but that team definitely deserved better, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on my disappointment. That's when they should have done the Rick Roll. Oh, I have a rant about the Rick Roll, too. It wasn't a Rick Roll. I know. If you're going to announce it, and Mark Johnson does a great job as in-game host of the Rotter Games now, and I, I, I have nothing but praise for what he's done this season and getting the fans engaged, because he does a great job. But don't say, oh, we're going to do jamming with the Riders, and all of a sudden, oh, and they might get Rick Rolled and have the camera pan off you. Oh, come, you gave it away! What they should have done is they should have started with, like, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, play something else, a, kind of a heavier song. Yeah, get, boom. boom right in, yeah, exactly. Like, Come Cody on. Fajardo was the star of that, by the way. I'm still disappointed that no one went out and got a trench coat for those guys. That would have been... Oh, that, that, was that, 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 that would have turned it up. Like, didn't anyone think about that? Like, a trench coat? Like, Cody just jam along with the trench coat? It would have been amazing. See? There's so much they could have done. So much. We really need to be on the, the Riders marketing yeah. team. Riders, uh, it's pifflespodcast at gmail.com. That's how you get a hold of us, so we'll hook you up. We got we'll all manner of ideas. We'll, we'll help you out. Don't worry. All right. So unfortunately, we don't have a Tallgrass Apparel enemy preview as the riders are on their bye this week. But we have to give props to one of the a former riders that just announced his official retirement from the CFL on Tuesday, and that's Rob Bag. We've known it's been done for a while. He, you know, talked to, to the media a couple months ago, basically saying that there's been no takers, no teams have really contacted him, and, and it was pretty much over. But it's not officially over. Well, now it officially is. He has filled out the paperwork, and Rob Bag has retired after 11 years. And I will say, as much as I didn't not want him a part of the team the last couple of years, but I didn't feel he needed to be on the team the last couple of years in terms of on-field performance because he just he wasn't given the ball, so there, there was really no reason. If you're going to have a token 7th Canadian out there, then put a young kid out there and might as well have him learn. But this guy, my favorite rider of all time, just blue-collar work ethic, put on the hard hat, went straight to work, did all the little things, and guy was undrafted, made the team in 07, decided to go back to school, missed out on a great cup championship there, 
came back, made the team in 08, of course, 09 and, and 10. How many ACL injuries? How many times we thought his career was over and he kept coming back? No one busted their ass more than Rob Bag to come back. And nothing but appreciation for Rob Bag for me. You know what? I'd like to take this chance right now to apologize publicly to Rob Bag. The end of his career, we know, is my fault. You got his jersey. I End of the 2017 season, I traded a regular blank jersey for an autographed Rob Bag jersey, hung it on my wall. He's the only guy from that era that I was really, you know, a huge fan of. Never caught another pass in green and white. So, Rob, I apologize. Uh, Bye-bye biceps, I guess, is the best thing I can say. His arms were... Lovely, yeah. If you're into those kind of things, if you if you are, yeah. Um, Even if you're not, they're lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, hell of a rider, like you said, lunch pail player came every day, work ethic, and I think he's got hopefully a future in coaching because it sounded like he was a hell of a football mind, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to uh, Queens and helps out there. Yeah, he was going to real estate and doing that as a as a real job now. <laughs> I've never heard of a football player going into real estate or any kind of sales business in Not my life. Not even once. Nope, never. He's a trailblazer. <laughs> Honestly, if you should come back here and make a killing. Oh, you absolutely would. And I would not be surprised if it happened one day. <laughs> always remember the... Uh, uh, there's two things about Rob Bag that always stick out. One was the injury he had against Montreal. The second one? The second one. Yep. But that was when he only had a knee sprain. Yep. But the tears running down his face, being walked off the uh, off the field, and we all—it was—I've never heard Taylor Field that quiet. Oh, you could hear a pin drop. I'll never forget. I'll afraid of that game as long. There was tears around us in section twenty-seven, and it was just like that's it. It's over. His career's over because that's his you know third torn ACL or, or whatever, however many it was at that point. And it was just like that's that's it. That's. But he was only out a couple weeks, or I think it might have been only been one game. But I'll, I'll always remember that. And his fights with Dwight Anderson and Brandon Brown. <laughs> was there anything better than that in like the 2008, 2009? When that rivalry with the Riders and the Stamps? God, those those, those were 2009, fun. 2010. Those maybe. were fun games. Those but, were fun ooh, games. With uh, Little West and Dressler and Rob Bag, who isn't a big guy. He's no. only six feet tall. And then you got Brandon Brown, who's six foot four, six foot five. And Dwight Anderson, I mean, he was 5'11, but I mean, he was on the field, he was a thug. Yeah. Nothing made me happier than watching those guys just scrap with the with the the big guys from Calgary. That was oh, I'll always remember. Those Best games. thing about those games, and this is another great Canadian kid with um, Chris Getzlaff, the uh, stamp killer. Every game he had a touchdown. Yeah, it was awesome. Like. Those were fun games back then. Those games were a perfect description of what made Rob Bag great, though. He was he did he all the worked hard. Things. He did everything right. Throughout blocking, his career, yeah, hell of a hell of a blocker as a receiver, and not enough guys get credit for that. He did everything he had to do to extend his career. Well, Rob, congratulations on a great career as a rider, and we look forward to seeing you inducted into the Plaza of Honor because we all know that's, that's going to happen, and it's a, it's a gimme. Whatever, what was it? Three years, five years, whatever they make them. Him, him and Dressler can go in the same time. Yeah, and they're both going to go. They should both go in together. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's do our pick them here. Four games this week, a lot of duds on the schedule from the looks of it, but maybe the Riders get a little bit of help. <laughs> yeah, I'm not banking on that either. Calgary in Toronto kicks off Friday Night Football. 
How much is Calgary going to destroy Toronto? You know what? Toronto is looking better than they have lately. Who leads the league in passing touchdowns? I'm going to guess Toronto. McLeod Bethel Bethel Thompson. Thompson. Does he really? Yeah, he does. But I guess everybody else, everyone else has been injured. Or are spending the entire season on their back. Or, are, or, or you're Mike, Mike Riley looking at the lights. Um, Calgary. Oh, this is really tough. Toronto's wearing the old boat logo this like, week. Everything about me wants to say Calgary because I don't want to I don't want to be the one getting this one wrong. But I Toronto wins. Calgary got lucky last week and against a good Hamilton team. Calgary will they'll wipe the floor here. Hamilton at Edmonton. Ricky Ray Day in Edmonton. He's going up on the uh, the Wall of Honor for the Eskimos. The 31st player, I believe, going up on the Wall of Honor for the Eskimos. Uh, Hamilton is not even close. Agreed. Logan Kilgore, quarterback for Edmonton again this week from the sounds of it. Hamilton will win. Winnipeg at Montreal. That's going to be the game of the week. I think we can all agree on that. I think Winnipeg wins on on the back of Andrew Harris going absolutely nuts in this game. They had a bye week in there as well, too. He hasn't played in essentially a month. That's a long time. Yeah, but he's going to be coming in pissed off. Ah, Or he's going to be coming in smaller. Yeah. (laughs) I think I made a meme for that, actually. (laughs) Um, Actually, I like like Munch... Maybe just because I saw them and they're fresh. I like Montreal in this game. It's it's the battle of two really good mobile quarterbacks. Well, one mobile quarterback and one and running, running back, back who can't throw. Um, I, I'll still stick with uh, with Winnipeg as much as I don't want to. Curse of Crescent Street's going to strike. Montreal, I'm going with. And finally, in the who cares game of the week, BC at Ottawa. We're going to see a repeat of last week. Yeah. Ottawa is absolutely awful right now. Even their fans are starting to see it. I haven't seen the Renegades this bad in forever. <laughs> <laughs> how did they? How did they go from the Grey Cup to this bad? You know what? There, there's. I could almost go on another little rant about this, but this whole Ottawa has been great for the last few years is absolute garbage. They've been like eight, nine, and one. Yes, they were what twelve and six last year. Was it eleven yeah, and seven? And eight right, like were. yeah, they've been just above five hundred in a very weak Eastern Division. So you lose any little bit of talent, like they they lost a ton of players this offseason. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their best receiver. They lost their best running back. Their offensive coordinator right before the season. Well, they were trying to avoid that, and they made they made it worse. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, but like. Oh, well. This this whole idea that they went from this great juggernaut to this garbage team. No, they have what? been a below, just above average team, and now they suck. I'm sorry. I know we rag on the Red Blacks a lot on this show, but this year it's absolutely deserved. That they're they are the worst team in the league right now, and it's not even close. Is this when we bring up the uh, Homer Simpson suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked? <laughs> uh, we're getting there. If they're not there yet, they're, that's what they are this year, anyway. Okay, well, we did our pick them. That means we're done here on the Pibbles Podcast this week. Thank you guys so much for coming along on the ride with us. We're your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can give me a follow at RealAlexD. Follow me at Safamod. Follow me at Greg on Sports. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check out our Instagram page at PifflesPod. And the website, PifflesPodcast.com. We're brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks as well go out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. 
Tallgrass Apparel, Churchill Brewing Company, and Underdogs Memorabilia for their support to make this show possible. Pibbles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. If you want to hear about some other great uh, CFL talk, make sure you check them out. All the shows at all the shows you can find on the CFPN. And of course, we're a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. We got to go. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The ghost behind your mind.